Hello, and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And the first question I don't think I really need to ask is, Lindsay, how are you holding up? Um, in a lot of ways, I'm doing pretty well. In my personal life, I have a lot of positivity happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a much larger sense, there's so much sadness and stress and enormous loss that is happening right now that it it can be difficult how are you how are you holding up chris uh very similarly um we as i'm sure pretty much everybody in our audience knows we are based out of los angeles and uh there's been a few tragedies that have occurred in the last week. One, the shooting in Thousand Oaks. And two, the uh, wildfires that are kind of rampaging throughout the entire Southern California region that we kind of occupy. Yeah. Um, it's a little further west than we are, so, I mean, there's... Well, we wake up to ash on our car. Yes. And every day you go on social media and you are seeing awful pictures of homes being burned down and people being evacuated and people searching for somewhere to stay, someone to take in the animals mm-hmm. that need help. You know, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's over half a million people have already been forced out of evacuating at this point alone. And we're not even counting the fires that are going on in Northern California. It's just, it's... It's insane. It's devastating. There's, uh, the death toll is rising. Yes. From the fires. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many it is at this particular moment, but it's, uh... It's over 20. I read this morning it's at 23, but I'm sure that's changed. Yeah. And I think with the shootings, there's just been so many here in the States... This is the 307th mass shooting in 2018. Alone. Alone. Which means we've uh, averaged, I believe, more than one shooting a day, give or take. Mass shooting? Mass shooting, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get into the politics of it because I'm sure that just adds on to the emotional exhaustion that most of our listeners are already experiencing, but we figured that this would be the most appropriate opportunity for us to handle one of the most difficult topics that we've had on our docket for quite some time now, uh, death and loss. And of course, loss isn't just death, obviously. It's losing your home, losing a relationship, losing friends. It, it could be anything. I have a really good quote from Fred Rogers, mm-hmm. and it's, Moving, divorce, and death are, of course, very different kinds of experience from one another. But whether it's a home, a family structure, or a loved person, the loss is real, and grief can be profound. And it may include a good deal of anger at having had something taken away, as well as sadness that it's gone. And I think that just is, sometimes it's nice to read Mm -hmm. a bite-sized clip of, right, Yeah, (laughs) that is... (laughs) The, especially the anger part, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to do an episode on anger just by itself at yeah. some point, but... So uh, let's talk about the stages of grief. Yes. So I'm sure, as a lot of our audience may be aware, um, there is this psychological construct called the stages of grief, and it is built of five different parts. There's denial, 
anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The thing that it's kind of little understood, though, about these stages of grief is that they are not a step-by-step guideline as to <laughs> your emotional state at any point when you're going through grief. Yeah, I I was misinformed in my youth, and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm angry. I'm I'm getting there, and then it was like, I've accepted it. Wow, that was really fast. I guess I kind of missed the depression part. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, that's uh, <laughs> that's gonna come back. So yeah, when when people are going through this kind of grief, and we're and we're finding ourselves more and more kind of drawn to these stages, I almost feel like there needs to be a like a sixth a sixth stage of grief, which is just numb. Mm. Like there there's that I feel would like that might be part of the depression. It could be part of the depression, but. There's no sadness to it. There is just dead, numb feeling. And it, 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 it ties into our conversation last week about emotional exhaustion, where you're so inundated with so much grief, after a while it just becomes a numb sensation of, well, same shit. Yeah. Same shit, different day. So I think maybe right now, since this is a heavy episode, we can all take a breath. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> say something nice to ourselves. Think something pleasant. <laughs> Self-care. Yeah. Self-care, guys. It is incredibly important, especially going into such a heavy topic as this. So if this episode does feel a little intense for you, you don't have to power through it. We completely understand, obviously. Yeah. We're not therapists. No. We're not professionals in the... Um, Mental, mental or emotional health industry, mm-hmm. but we're just going to have a discussion and um, and hopefully share some insights that might be helping be helpful to yeah. you. And um, if you yourself are going through this kind of grief, um, obviously, this might be for you. I think also there's probably a sort of secondhand mourning and grief, especially if you're um, empathic at all. Mm-hmm. Just all of us see so much on social media. We've talked about that a lot, but reiterating how that can really harm you emotionally. And you can be traumatized by put like imagining yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's actually called secondhand uh, trauma. When you mentally, mentally imagine, you imagine yourself going through something that is happening to somebody else and you take on those emotions and you take on that. And so suddenly you have this trauma and you're just, over, you know, laden with it. I used to know somebody who would just have, have to take days off work because if something happened like a shooting or something, it would just affect her so strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, taking a moment and, and thinking about, like, how can you protect yourself emotionally? Mm-hmm. Um, and then but also giving grief and loss and the emotional pain, it's due and it's time. Yes. Which brings me to a very important point that before we get to the stages themselves, I think that it's very important to really stress that grief does not have a time limit. It does not have a period in which you are suddenly cured of it. It just has to live its course. That course could be days, could be weeks, could be months. 
Could be years. When you've lost someone so incredibly close to you, that 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 pain can sometimes linger more than you would hope for it to, and that is a point where, if you haven't gotten professional help, it might be time. So, going into this, um, I will start by saying that in terms of death, I have a lot of experience here. Uh, I myself lost my father in a motorcycle accident when I was nine years old. Uh, it was sudden, and it was unbelievably devastating. Um, my father was living outside of the state at the time, and we he and I were really never too particularly close, but we started to get close. And it was at that point that uh, we got a call at like two in the morning, and I had thought it was him on the end of the phone. So I brought the phone to my mom, all sleepy and whatnot. And it was when she started screaming that I realized that that was not the case. So everything after that kind of formed my, my opinions, my thoughts, and my processes from death itself. Within the next few years, I would also lose my grandfather, and I would also lose my great-grandmother, all of whom were very close in my life, and I grew up with them, and it was from that moment on, really, that kind of just solidified that death and grief were not things that were going to lay up. They are, they are there, and they are a part of life as much as the living parts are. And finally coming back from that kind of grief, you, you do gain an appreciate appreciation for life in a strange roundabout way you hope you hope and pray that you have as much time with those who are close to you as you would like but sometimes you're just not given that chance so what can you do well enjoy the time you've got for one we should all really take the time in our lives as much as we possibly can to show those that are close to us and those that we care about just how much we care about them. Because you may not always have that. I think adding on to that, because right now seeing people losing their homes mm -hmm. and their whole neighborhoods, um, losing photos and things that you just love. And I know it's just, people can say, it's just stuff. Some but of it's irreplaceable. But it's your home. Mm -hmm. It's like it's your nest that you're losing. It's memories. It's, yeah. And so really, I think one of the best things when you're not, when you're lucky and you're not dealing directly with these, with this grief is just being grateful, being so, so grateful for what you have and reaching out to help people who are going through this. It is difficult sometimes to be grateful, especially in the midst of depression. Yeah. We, we often lose sight so incredibly quickly that while we feel devastated by life itself, when, when true hardship comes, you find yourself wishing that it was as difficult as it was before. <laughs> so... is Would you say that because you, you've lost, I think, a lot of people who are very, very, very close to you, do you 
feel like that is something that you will always live with? Do you have moments? Because this is something a lot of people don't talk about. I lost somebody as well. Mm -hmm. And the random moments of grief Mm -hmm. that you aren't expecting. Yeah. No, those are... (laughs) <laughs> Those are fun because uh, after after so many years, like, I mean, it's been, you know, over 20 years since I lost my father. So I still I still have moments. doesn't matter where I'll just I'll, I'll come back to reality and just go, oh, that's a thing I'll never experience or that's a thing I never understood or that's a thing I'll never learn yeah. because my father is a completely different person than I am. And I never really got the chance to to get to know him. Mm-hmm. So things like that where or you or you wish that he was there that for something you wish that whoever was gone was just there to see that thing. So the first stage of grief we talked about is denial. Yes. Um, and maybe we shouldn't do it by numbers because like you said, well, it, it could be all over the place. But I, It's important that we set like th- these are the stages as they are listed in various forms of you know grief literature yeah so we'll stick to that basic structure um for now just denial is usually your very first reaction anyway um this doesn't feel real yeah or it won't couldn't happen to you or it couldn't have happened to that person or or you know when you're being told horrible news there's always sometimes i mean i don't know about always (laughs) there's a mistake or you're fucking with me like yeah. this is this is not a joke. This yeah. is this is this is horrible. Yeah. So you you find yourself kind of clinging to that that world that is now gone before this horrible event happened. So you'll 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 grab denial and you'll hold onto it real tight because the alternative is knowing that it's real. And I I've I mean I think all of us have been most of us have been in a serious relationship that you love the person very much and I know I've experienced denial in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also just want to say that, um, like we kind of mentioned earlier, there's so many different types of grief, you know, lo- losing somebody, um, can be a breakup, but it can also be death. It can be, you know, um, losing a friendship. Mm-hmm. You can grieve that you can grieve losing your home. You can grieve losing your, like realizing that you're not going to be a famous <laughs> artist or something. And that was something that you so wanted for yourself. And you have to kind of mourn the process or mourn those dreams that aren't going to happen. So just because it's not to some people like a huge devastating, I've lost my entire neighborhood or I've lost my, you know, my best friend to a, a death or something. Your mourning is not less uh, important yeah, or it, real. You can't quantify loss in that way in terms of like how it affects somebody you can't you can't sit there and go my my loss is greater than your loss or or their loss is greater than mine it's different i see that a lot with when you lose a pet yeah some people just well it was only a dog yeah i see that too i see a lot of well it was only a dog or it was only your grandparents or you know it's like you you should you can't there's so much weird shaming about what people grieve and when they lose things. And it's guys, that's bullshit. Yeah. So if you're grieving something, but you feel ashamed of grief. So I have, I have been shamed for grieving certain things. Yeah. Um, fuck them. Yep. And, uh, now we will continue on to anger. <laughs> Appropriately enough. The, the, the anger is, is something so incredibly powerful for a number of reasons. Um, 
when you start off coming off of that denial or you're coming off the depression or the bargaining, every single one of them can lead right back to anger. Denial to anger, you 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 finally accept it and you're like, this is some bullshit. I don't deserve this or I don't deserve to feel this way or whatever happened to those people, they, they didn't deserve that. It's a sense of injustice yeah. that you just feel so gripping over you. And that's when a blaming happens, I think. That's when you look for someone or something to blame Mm -hmm. and oftentimes, you know, it's it's misplaced. When it's an accident, you blame whoever else was involved in that accident. When it was when it's a when it's a natural disaster, you find yourself kind of at a loss where it's like, well who could I blame for this? Yeah. Uh, I can't blame Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've often blamed myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, the self-blame is incredibly powerful. Where you feel you feel that sort of guilt added on top of it that either you didn't do enough, yeah, or you should have done something else different. Yeah. And 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 really it's 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 so cyclical at that point where you're just going to get more angry the more that you blame. It's 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 impossible to just go through life being angry and come out happy at the end of it. I think also our bodies can only really f- feel intensely one emotion for only so long. You cannot stay furiously angry for weeks. No. So that's sometimes it burns out and it moves into bargaining. Yeah, which bargaining in and of itself is it's weird. Yeah. Bargaining is weird. I think in in my mind <sighs> It just, it shows itself in different ways. How has it shown it for you? For me, bargaining has always been false hope. Yeah. It's always that moment where maybe it's not as bad as it seems, or maybe there's something that can come of this, or you, you want, you want anything to change, to change those circumstances that have been thrust upon you. You're willing to do whatever it takes. It's usually where people will start praying. Yeah. Which... uh, I mean, if you feel personally comforted by prayer, good for you. That's 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 where that 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 is what will help you, and that's good. For me, it was where I started to really go back to being angry is when I hit that bargaining stage, because no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I hoped, nothing changed the situation for me, and I would go back to anger, yeah. and it would just kind of rinse and repeat until I got to straight to the depression part yeah which i would say the grief depression is so different than maybe like a low-level day-to-day depression grief depression is like an elephant is sitting on you yeah um grief depression really like it's a powerhouse, man. <laughs> That's when I can't eat. And if anybody knows me, I love eating. I love snacks. <laughs> I love to stress eat. Mm-hmm. If I'm just kind of sad, I will eat more. But if I am seriously, painfully depressed um, after a really awful breakup, when I lost my uncle, who I was very close to, I couldn't eat. It made me sick. Couldn't. I just felt sick to my stomach all the time. S- grief depression, similarly for me, is... It's a self-destructive depression. Yeah, me too. That oh, is yeah. that is where it goes. Is it, it it doesn't it doesn't fall into a category of my my standard everyday self-destruction. No, no, no. This is this is full force. Like I want to be struck by lightning. Kind of self-destructive. Yeah. I, I there's there's nothing that can please me more yeah. than 
than absolute annihilation. And it's a weird, that's a weird feeling to get into, honestly, when you, when you've gone to that point of, I could be, I could be struck down right now and I'll be fine. That's, that is just fine by me. That's a hard place to, to come out of. And I think, um, what can be, what usually pulls me out of the depression is again, the denial or anger for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of anger. When I'm grieving. Yeah, same. <laughs> Maybe just in general. I'm just kind of... <laughs> but, it, but it is something. So I've always thought of mourning as waves. You know, you the, you go through some... Sometimes straight through the denial, anger, bargaining is like the wave goes up. And then it kind of it recedes and you go fall back into depression. Or you fall back into bargaining. And then it moves up a little bit further. But every step, every day, you get a little bit further. And maybe it's a little bit less until it's here and there during the holidays and then eventually you do accept it you accept it's part of this part of you yeah you accept that what has happened has happened and that is life yeah and it is something that happened to you and it shaped you and it changed you in ways that maybe at the time you weren't prepared to face or you weren't prepared to engage with Maybe you ran away, you really denied it, or maybe you furiously refused to accept it, or you pleaded for some alternative that you didn't have to accept it, or eventually it would just be something you couldn't even face. But ultimately, what will happen is that grief and that sorrow will become a part of you. And it's not a bad thing. Yes, and you can get through it. You can get through it, you can grow from it, you can learn from it. And I think one of, I think we've all seen that quote, it floats around, looking for the helpers, look for the helpers yeah. when bad things are happening. And you'll look back at your, the moments where you were going through these horrible steps and see these people who you didn't expect to come out of the woodwork to help you. Um, and then sometimes for me, which has been hard, is the people who don't help. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other the people process. you might expect. Yeah, the people that you just assumed would, of course they would be there for you if you lost your home or they would be there for you through this horrible breakup or your, even your dog passing, you know, it's, and they're just, now I'd also like to mention, going back to boundaries, that you can't expect people to drop everything for you. No. But everybody has the capacity to reach out and help you in some way or just send you a text like, hey, I'm thinking of you and I'm, I'm. I wish I could, you know, drive over right now, but I can't. But I love you, and I, you will be okay through this. I'm here for you. Cry as much as you can, you know, <laughs> like send you or send you a sweet gift, just something. But some people can't handle it, and that's yeah. their thing. That's not because of you. No. I think people who are prone to depression will then be like, I thought this person loved me, or I thought this person was going to be here for me, and they're not. What's wrong with me? What did? I? And then so you've added on this. You're going through grief, and you're just normally depressed. And your self-worth is going down. And, you know, and that's when... It's this avalanche of just horrible. emotional bullshit yeah. that's just being heaved upon you thousand pounds at a time. Yeah. Never blame yourself for your grief. Yeah. That's just... Not only is it counter to any sort of healing, it's just... It's what is expected of you to a degree. And it's okay just to sit down 
and just cry and think of every bad thing and let yourself feel it and give yourself moments and then let it process through and move on through your day for a little bit and then have another moment where you sit and you cry. You know, like it, mm -hmm. this whole idea of suck it up, you know, rub some dirt in it. Stiff upper lip. You know, don't think about it. Um, well, it's not that bad. You know, it just like, it's, it's not fair. And sometimes you have to be, even though you don't want to be strong in those moments, you have to be strong and stand up for yourself. Like, no, no, I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to sob for four minutes and then I'm going to keep going. Yep. You can, you can spend that time really being, just learning from what's going on mm -hmm. in your body, in your mind. Mm -hmm. You got to have that time where you fully embrace what is happening and just go, okay. I'm feeling these feelings. Mm -hmm. Let me feel these feelings. And then after that, we'll see what happens. Yes. Because we're not guaranteed immediate relief. Anybody who promises, promises you immediately relief. It, it, come on. And this is why I stress having people that you have already written down on a piece of paper that will that is like one of your pillars for if you're going through a depression or something. Mm -hmm. These people, because when you're going through something horrible... It is hard to think of, okay, how am I going to take care of myself now? How, who am I going to, be? you know, like you're kind of in this weird mental state and having a therapist. I know not all of you, a lot of people say like, well, just get a therapist. It'll fix everything. No, I mean, it is difficult to find a good therapist, but while you are okay, um, I mean, even if you're not, but like taking the time to find a therapist that works for you. Yeah. What it feels like for me when I go to my therapist is I'm going to hang out with my friend for an hour, someone who is wiser than I am, someone who has um, much more experience and can help lead me from a position of she has no personal gain if if it doesn't, you know, if my breakup doesn't work out or it does work out or whatever. There's 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 no ulterior motive for her except to help me. Yeah. So I know a lot of people kind of put their heels in or, well, I'm, I'm okay. Or I'm, I don't need it. Like you do because we're human. And I would like to say back in the tribal days, we had mentors and everybody lived together and everybody would teach each other wisdom and what, well, we need more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a sense of community is incredibly important. It is important. And I mean, when, when the tribe grieves, it grieves. Yeah. And it's affected by more than just you. So there's nothing wrong with going to others who are feeling the same grief you are. Yes. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. If you can find a support group for some sort of whatever loss you're going through, stick to it. Yeah. It really is. It's so incredibly useful and so important. And if you know someone who's going through right now and you're you're not going through a grieving yeah. process, um, asking them what they need. Yeah. And maybe they can't tell you, but at least... I feel like when someone asks me, hey, how are you doing? What do you need? How can I support you? Mm -hmm. Just having that can be everything. You know, I'm seeing yeah. so many great people posting, hey, I have an extra room. Hey, I can take a puppy. Like, I have space for a cat. I mean, just posting it out there and just saying we are, there's so many helpers. And so right now, if you're not going through a, a, a loss, becoming a helper is the best thing you can do. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. So... On that note, yes. what can be done right now to help those who are going through the horrible losses? So 
We've got ourselves kind of a, a bunch of links that are in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you could support the uh, Los Angeles Fire Department. There's a link for that. Uh, United Way is doing collecting donations and whatnot. The Red Cross is doing blood drives. All of that. Um, L.A. County and Ventura County Animal Shelters. They have links where you can donate. Or you can also be looking to help foster animals yeah. that have been lost or but even if you anything. just have a bunch of like clean towel like you know old used towels but they're clean taking them to the shelters yes. sometimes you have the fire departments just need you to bring a bunch of ice or ziploc bags i mean it's not always financial if you just have stuff sometimes they need it yes exactly i know the la fire department was specifically trying to get um water backpacks oh, wow. for the firefighters which is that's a matter of life or death kind of situation. Okay. So yeah, that is definitely something that uh, we are we're big proponents of. So whatever you guys can do, if there's anything, even if you can't, just spreading the word, that's enough. And getting that out there is is so important. And I'd also like to mention that while we aren't um, mental health professionals, we are a safe space and we are people who... Um, like to be reached out to. So if you just don't want to maybe talk to a friend right now or you're going through something and you just want to message us, absolutely do. We will get back to you as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't say that we will give you something that will totally change your life and fix it, but we are here as a support. Yeah. Um, You can reach us on our Instagram at Podcast, where uh, every Monday we do a weekly how are you holding up? Uh, just it's just a simple little question that you answer and you can send it on back to us and I will throw a response up there and it'll be great. You can also like the Facebook page if you want to send us something directly or go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. Yeah, we uh, we really do love to hear from you guys. Yeah, it's great. And um, we appreciate you so much. So thank you for, if you've stuck it through this whole episode, thank you. And we hope that it's been helpful and maybe even uplifting. So as always, don't don't tell tell us to just get over it. it.